Welcome to the Uptown Parlay Podcast. We got Ace and Malik. What's good, everybody? What's good, our faithful listeners? We are moving on to the NBA this week after the NBA All-Star break. And after what everybody in the group chat said was the worst uh, slam dunk contest ever. And I keep telling people we're older than that, so we should know better. Because nobody even remembers who was in the 97 dunk contest with Kobe. Because that was trash. No, but Kobe was good. That's true. No, but Kobe but was good. It was terrible. Which means doesn't matter. As least there was, if, if it doesn't matter. If there was one good one, <laughs> then that was good. We did not have one good okay. one. I'll tell you then. All right. So then the 05 one also stinks. We had. I remember who won in 05. I mean, I don't remember who won last year. Like, honestly speaking, that doesn't, to me, that doesn't really equate because, yeah, you know, 2020, my, my recollection, no, 2020 yes, was, it did um, happen in Atlanta. 2020 was when, uh, yeah, 2020 was when um, in Atlanta, 2020, yeah. when they had the Russian judge that is uh, your boy D Wade down in Miami, give it to his friend in Chicago. Yeah, I mean the reality of the situation is I don't I don't remember regardless of how good good or bad a slam dunk competition is I don't remember it beyond the second beyond two years after it's over, unless like somebody that I rooted for won it I don't remember it so it's perfectly fine, but the reality of the situation is the best event in the best event in All Star Weekend is still the three point contest has always been the three point contest and will always be the three point contest because that's the one that actually takes yes and it's and it still was. And Carl Anthony Towns scoring 28 points or 29 points, whatever it was in the, in the final, he broke a record. He set the record for the most points um, in a final, which again is, is a little inflated just because of the fact that they have the three-point basket, the three-point ball and the two-point, you know, they have the, the money rack, which is two points per, per, per shot. And then you have the Mountain Dew ball, which is three points for a shot. So it, you can inflate the, you can inflate the quality, you know, the, the numbers there a little bit, but like he's still, still he's still put on an absolute show. Cat did. Um, and for a guy his size, you know, it just the slam dunk contest to do the trifecta. Right. I mean, just just for a guy his size, just to show how 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 skilled and how versatile he is as a player is is, is incredible. And you know, we, we can uh, look forward to the Knicks getting him in like 15 years when he's, you know, 38 and can't, you know, and has, you know, shot knees and can't run anymore. Exactly. That's what I said. That's what I said. Give it, give it 15 years. Give it 15 years. He's not going to, I mean, I mean, obviously he's not going to win a championship in Minnesota because, you know, that doesn't happen. So he's not going to win a championship and he's going to come to, he's going to, you know, chase a ring uh, in, in his thirties. He's going to leave and he's going to chase a ring. Shout out to all our T-Wolves fans. Um, I think he's probably going to end up on the Orlando Magic. You know what's interesting? And this happens more in basketball and baseball than football, even though we're kind of a football and basketball-centric podcast. They make these wild trades where they trade like 15 people to get one person. Mm -hmm. We were talking about A-Rod the other day and how he got traded to the Yankees and the people that they gave up to get him. And it was Alfonso Soriano and... Who was the reliever that went to the Red Sox and also won with the Cubs uh, to World Series? I can't remember his name. He just used to yell all the time. That's all. He always just looked like a maniac every time he won. Fried chicken guy, Mr. Uh, fried chicken in the clubhouse. John um, Lester. Yeah. Oh, I know who you're talking about. He traded John Lester and Alfonso Soriano just to get A-Rod. I'm like, mm-hmm. it's insane you really think about how good they are compared in, in, like in comparison to him, like he's great, but like so to get Carl Anthony Towns on the Knicks, they're gonna have to give up, you know, their number one draft pick for the next two seasons, and also their best player. So they'll still well. Disappointed. Well, the main difference between baseball and football and basketball is that it's a salary cap league, so you have to make the make the money work. 
the Yankees can absorb as much as much salary as they want to because it's no there's no hard cap on the, on them. So they can take on a Rod's thirty million dollars and only give back you know six because it doesn't really matter to them. That's what um, lack of parity in the NBA though, because the because of small market teams trying to lock up stars. Exactly. Which is somehow it just kind of never works, but in the NFL it always kind of works. Like there's always a couple of teams that are good and then they change every couple of years. But in the NBA, it's just dominated by like the same eight guys for about a decade. Well, because again, in, in basketball, just the nature of the sport is that, you know, one player can, because the best players play on both sides of the ball, yeah. one player can change the fortunes of the team. So going all out to get going all out to get a LeBron James or a Joel Embiid or one of those guys really makes a difference because that guy affects you on both sides of the floor. It's not like a you know, much as Matt Stafford, as much as we talk about Matt Stafford and his impact on the on the LA Rams, still gotta have Vaughn Miller, still gotta have Aaron Donald, still gotta have the defense on the other side playing playing the type of ball that they played, or else you're not winning that Super Bowl. So it doesn't matter. So big facts. And shout out for Obi Toppin for coming through with that plus two hundred on the uh, on my prop bet for the slam dunk contest one. Surprise! I was I was surprised that he wasn't the favorite. I was surprised that the favorite was really um, Jalen Green. Green. Just given the fact that that you know Obi had done it had done it before, and typically guys that compete you know multiple years they win at least once, typically unless you're Aaron Gordon. The only yeah, he's I gotta be honest, but he got robbed. He got robbed. I, I wouldn't say he got robbed the first time, but like they just came with the best. Like that 2016 one, like I think it was his rookie year or second year in the league. He went under both of his legs. Yeah. I, I that was it. At that and I was like, that's insane. No, because the dunk that Zach Levine did, he jumped from the foul line and then windmilled it. And I was like, I've never seen anyone do that. So both of those are 50 dunks. So unless you can give him a 51, the between underneath both legs right it, remember it, it ended in a tie it ended in almost a tie and then they they, they, they went to a two dunk dunk off and he lost yeah the they went to the dunk off thing and then that's that's when levine won the dunk off but that was what that was why everybody was complaining because they were like how can a guy that just went just did two dunks that we've never seen before he did the dunk when he took the ball from the mascot who was going around in a circle yeah you know which and kind of all you need to do if you want to impress anybody again. Like, just keep repeating the same dunks that worked. Yeah, like he did that one, which nobody had seen before. Okay. And then he did the one under the legs. And, and like, that was it. Like, um, and then the one last year, I think the one last year, the only thing that was really interesting, but the, the one last year, was that the one where the guy jumped over Taco Fall? Um, um, it was 20, no, it was 2020 where, um, Aaron Gordon jumped over Taco Fall and somehow Dwayne Wade gave him a nine. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. I'm sorry, wait, he just jumped over a dude that was seven foot three and he didn't hit him. His hands hit him. Right. His hands hit Taco Falls, the top of Taco Falls head. So he clean jumped over a seven foot three grown man or seven foot four grown man and dunked it. Which is even taller than the dude that Dwayne Wade jumped over in the Olympics and dunked it. Or was that, that was Vince Carter. Yeah, Vince Carter over in the 2000 Olympics and dunked it on. Yeah, I was like, wow. So, which I mean, look, I mean, I love D Wade, probably top five of my favorite players of all time, but uh, you can't do that shit. You never could do that shit. So get him in ten just because he just shit you can't do. But I will say he did participate in the slam dunk, so I think that's why they put him in it. It's like how Kenny Smith always gets to be a judge, which I didn't. I went back and looked at this. I didn't even realize. I remember watching the '93 contest and seeing Dominique Wilkins win, and he beat Kenny Smith in the finals, which I don't. Remember. Yeah, I don't remember that at all. But I feel like I definitely would have watched that. I probably watched every single one in the '90s, and then I got screwed when I went to the actual one All Star game in New York City back in 98 and they were like we're gonna play two ball and i was like what the fuck is this so they still no i definitely remember the kenny smith one because that's the one where he goes between he went between his legs off the backboard and caught it and i think it was I thought that was even earlier no i remember that one okay i wonder he lost that's still a good dunk though i've seen people yeah in dunk contests i'm like 
pickup games in high school. Well, not pickup games, but in high school and like tournaments and stuff that I've been there. All right. We are going to get started with picking these games this week. We have the 18 and 40 Thunder at the 20 and 40 Pacers. And the Pacers are at home. This is at 7 p.m. And the Pacers are minus seven and a half. So even though both of these teams have 40 losses or in a race to the bottom of the league, somehow they believe the Pacers are going to win this game by eight points. And I give them no chance in hell, even though Malcolm Brogdon is supposed to play. And I don't know anybody else in the team because they've traded everyone else away. And the minus of bonus is gone. Uh, I think everybody else who was actually playing for them when they made the playoffs last is hurt. Turner's hurt. And who was the other guy that they traded away? I think he's on Cleveland. I can't even remember his name right now. But I got to go with the Thunder here because that's just too many points to give up on the road. Josh Kitty is playing well. Um, as is Alexander. What's his last name? The guy with the two last names. I'm going with Oklahoma City. Blake, period. Um, so I'm actually going to go with the Pacers here. Um, this is a bit of a homer pick for me because I'm a huge fan of Tyrese Halliburton, um, who was the guard that they traded for and who was the new cornerstone of the Indiana Pacers franchise. Um, <clears throat> the Pacers are the Pacers are coming off of a win. They they won their their game going into um, going into the All Star break, uh, and they've covered two of the last three games. Well, two of the last four games they've covered the spread. Um, and so I think you know being at home against an OKC team that you know is playing for draft, you know for the for the draft and playing for they, they don't have anything they're actually playing for right now. The other thing I remember, the other thing to note is that. Um, I believe OKC is OKC playing tonight, or did they play tonight? Uh, I don't believe so. Um, no, OKC is not playing tonight. None of the teams that are playing tomorrow are playing tonight. Right. So the Pacers are the Hornets. Yeah. So the Pacers are twenty and eleven. Oh, no, wait, I think uh, the Thunder played tonight and they lost by twenty points at all. They did. Okay. So. Here's, here's a couple of quick numbers for you guys. Um, the OKC Thunder are 11 and 18 against the spread uh, in the second game of a back-to-back. And the Pacers are 20 and 11 against the spread after uh, playing, playing when they've had at least one day of rest. So that trends towards the Pacers. Like you said, Brogdon is coming back and should be healthy. And I think that the addition of... Um, of Halliburton actually really helped this team to spread the floor, you know, get, get, get into their offensive sets a little bit better. And Halliburton's got, you know, got a pretty, guess a, a pretty good, pretty long wingspan and can defend in the perimeter. So, you know, I see this game trending towards the Pacers and hope them holding a lead throughout the entire game. So I'm going to take the Pacers here and the over under is two sixteen and a half. I'm going to go with the over on this one. Cause I don't think either team really plays very good defense. Oh, they're taking the, yeah, the over is happening. Rubio is who they traded. Yeah, so Brogdon's going to play. Duarte is not. T.J. Warren's not. Miles Turner's not. Although Lance Stevenson is. And T.J. McConnell is. And Brogdon will play in Halliburton. So being as this lineup has literally never played against each other, has played, and it's Shad Gilgius Alexander. I just remembered his second last name. The guy's got too, way too long of a name. I don't know why. I just cannot remember it. Only three years <laughs> in the league. Yeah, he's, he's, he's going to be a beast. Um, Gilgis Alexander's healthy. Giddy's healthy. Um, Wiggins is healthy. Aaron Wiggins. And Darius Baisley is healthy. And they now have Derek Favors as their starting center. And I cannot name the starting center for the Pacers, so that's not a good sign for them. So unless Malcolm Brogdon is going to come out and drop 30 points and play amazing defense on Shai Gilgis Alexander, I don't see how this is... I don't see how they're covering. I'm not saying they don't win. I'm just saying they don't cover. I expect this to be like a five-point game for the Thunder because they're not actively trying to lose. They're not rolling out the worst lineup possible. They're just going to play as much no, as possible. But the over is pretty solid bet at that 216. 
Um, next up, we have the Rockets and the Magic. Literally the two worst teams in the league. 15 wins and 13 wins. The combined win total of 38, which would still not get them at the best record in the league if they combined both of their wins. Uh, I can't believe there's a spread on this, but the toughest part about this is the Magic are minus four and a half. I don't know what's happening with John Wall, if he's ever actually going to play anymore. No. But the Magic, assume no. Yeah, I'm going to assume no. The Magic appear to be healthy. I don't know if Kevin Porter Jr. has been a big disappointment. Jalen Green, I expect him to have kind of a big second half. But top to bottom, even with all the young talent being matched, I think the Magic just have a better team. And they actually have a better stretch center in terms of Mo Bamba. So I'm going to lean towards the Magic here, and I'm going to take the under. I think the Rockets are just going to fail to score enough points because the over-under is 228.5, so I'm going to put it at 220. So I'm going to take the under and the Magic. So I'm actually going to take – I'm going to go the other way here again. Um, this is actually really good for us. We're actually you know going the other way on, two, on both, both these picks so far. I'm going to go with the Rockets. Um, the Rockets right now, uh, the over-under on this game is 228.5. Again, this is a game where you don't expect much, much defense to be played on either side. Both of these teams are young. Um, but Bamba is a very Bamba, – Bamba does – project to be a decent uh, rim protector and a threat from that, a threat from that end. Um, but the, the team that you're, um, you know, the, the Houston Rockets still have, I think um, with, you know, Christian Wood and um, with Christian Wood, Kevin Porter, Jr., Eric Gordon, Jalen Green, they have the scoring punch to, to, to make, to make some things happen. Um, they still have, they did just acquire Dennis Schroeder, uh, yes, during you know before the uh, right before the <clears throat> the trade deadline, they acquired him, um, so he's in the lineup as well. So this this team to me, they can they can put up some points. Which and Orlando's not. So if they're going to keep playing Kevin Porter Jr. Well, probably um, they're going to they're definitely going to have him playing. I don't um, maybe yeah, and he's going to be starting because um, he does have he has talent. He's just a little bit erratic, um, but uh, I, I think that. You know, I think that this team has enough scoring um, and enough, you know, enough scoring to, to to hold to hold for it, and maybe lose to Orlando in you know in the, in the end at the end. I'll give Orlando the lean for a you know for a home win, but um, I'm going to lean to the Rockets. I'm going to take that four points and lean to the Rockets and see 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 how we see how we come out with a with a cover. The Rockets are the youngest team in the league, and they have, I believe, it's one, two, three four or five. They have five rookies on their team. They have five rookies and three players with only one year in the league. The KJ mm-hmm. Martin, Jay Sean Tate, and Trevlin Queen. So um I don't know. I just I don't know. I see more high end talent on the magic, but hey. This is well I, I mean and ne- neither one of these teams is really, I mean, you know, right now Houston's Houston's just Houston's lost seven in a row, yeah. and they're one in six against the spread in those last seven, and Orlando lost four in a row going into the break. So neither one of these teams is is any good, as you mentioned before. Something's got to give. Um, I would just take, like I said, I would just take the money. And if you and if you really if you really like it, Houston, if you're really feeling froggy on them, go ahead and take them on the money line. They're plus one forty five on the money line. Uh, that's a, that's a nice bet to nice bet to grab if you think that they could win this game outright. Because I, I I don't see a reason why they can't beat Orlando outright. That's true. That is very, very true. Um, the only thing, well, actually, no, not even those guys flying out to uh, Cancun for the week to come back, because both of those are a quick flight across the uh, Gulf of Mexico there. So it's not like one team has to fly further than the other. Exactly. Spurs at the Wizards. Spurs are twenty-three and thirty-six. These are all very evenly matched teams this week. This is kind of perfect how they did the schedule. Really like this. Spurs at the Wizards. Spurs have something to play for. The Wizards do as well, but I see them kind of fading towards the end. We know Bradley Beal is not coming back. They traded away Spencer Dinwiddie. They traded for the expiring upcoming contract of our boy Chris Stapps, Porzingis. Um, the Spurs have a, their first-time also, DeJounte Murray, and they are going to let him ball out. The Wizards actually did, in their last game before the break, they beat the Nets, they lost to the Pacers, they beat the Pistons, lost to the Kings, and then beat the Nets. 
and both of these teams have won three out of their last five. The only difference is the Spurs put up the eighth most points in the league. So I'm taking the Spurs minus one and a half on the road. I don't really see who's going to be playing defense for the Wiz. The Spurs have a pretty solid team. They have a better coach. Um, leaning on the Spurs and DeJounte Murray and Kelvin Johnson, they're power forward. So give me the Spurs and the points. And yep, I'm going to so, over-under on this. Yeah, the spread here is is minus two um, to the Spurs, uh, who are on the road, like you mentioned. Um, and the over-under here is 225. So again, like this is probably a game where you expect the expect the points to get the points to get pretty high. Um, the Spurs don't really, with the, with the exception of uh, Jakob Podol, you know, they don't really seem to they don't really have a a lot of protection at the rim. Um, and so the question is whether or not Washington can shoot the ball well enough to to get the score up. I think I think I would take the under on this game. I think this is going to go to the under, um, just because I don't think the scoring is going to be all that high, but I do agree with you. DeJounte Murray is the best player on, on the court on both sides, especially with Porzingis, with Bradley Beal being out and Porzingis being out with a knee problem that he's not going to play. Um, I am interested in um, on the Washington side. I am interested in the, the growth or the maturation of uh, Denny Abdia. Um, he's actually been playing a little bit better uh, over the course of the, you know, as, as he's been getting more playing time, more opportunities. Um, and then obviously Kyle Kuzma has been having a, a, a pretty good season, um, you know, so far, you know, with, with just the, the addition, additional playing time um, that he's been getting. So you know, it seems very interesting. Um, you wish that they were, if Beal was, Beal was healthy, um, maybe they could be making a little bit more noise and getting themselves into the play-in tournament, which they still might do if Porzingis is able to come back and, and, and provide them any kind of a, any kind of a push. I mean, 27 to 31, they're not, they're not that far out of 500, not that far out of uh, contention. So uh, we'll see what happens, but I'm going to go with the Spurs here as well. And uh, I'll lean towards Murray actually having a pretty good game. All right. And next up, we got the Raptors going to the Hornets. Raptors are 32 and 25. The Hornets are 29 and 31. I think they're locked in at the eighth spot right now. So they're still in the playing tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, Spurs are, I want to say, fourth in the Eastern Conference. No, the Raptors are seventh in the Eastern Conference. And Charlotte's only at ninth, right there behind them. And Washington isn't even in the play-in. So I guess I don't know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, I'm going to easily take the Raptors on this one. They're on the road. They're minus two and a half, and it's two, over-under is 225. I'm going to take the under. P.J. Washington has been kind of underwhelming the past couple of weeks, and I don't know if he's really going to turn it on towards the end. And I just have a little bit more faith in O.G. Anubi and the rest of the players on the Raptors who were able to get some rest because Siakam and the rest of them did not make the all-star, although Fred Van Vliet did. So I'm going to rely on that and the fact that most of the guys on the Hornets that did play were the younger dudes. So not that they need much rest to begin with, but LaMelo Ball... It's kind of taking most of the minutes, so Book Knight and Rozier aren't really getting to play as much. Bridges has been kind of underwhelming. Oubre, we know who he is. He's not going to do too much. And in terms of sound, they still got a plumbly back there, so I'd rather have uh, the Raptors in this one who went in and took out the Timberwolves just before the break, so they're kind of on a roll. I kind of expect them to finish in the top six in the East, so I expect them to take this one easy. Raptors minus two and a half, and I'll take the over. Yeah, we agree on this one. It's interesting that this this spread has actually moved. Um, two points. It's been it's it's moved up and down. Uh, started out at two, um, went down to about a, went down to one and a half, then hit it back to two, and now it's at two and a half. So it's actually the movement on this on this line is actually pretty interesting because it's not like anything's changed over the last three days to really you know have it fluctuate as, as much as as much as it has. Um, yeah, I'm going with Toronto as well. Uh, I think we agree on this one. Toronto is 17 and 11 um, when the spread is minus four. Uh, is between minus four and minus one. So they have a winning record on there. And the, and the Hornets are actually 22, 16, and three when the spread is anywhere between plus one and plus four. Um, they are 
Uh, Charlotte's at home here, and so that's the that's 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 the interesting part because Charlotte is actually ten. Uh, actually, Charlotte is actually eleven and eleven. They're a fifty percent team as a home underdog, and Toronto is eight and three as a road favorite against the spread. So this is uh this is this game is just trending towards Toronto actually being the since Toronto's the better team, and and being able to play better on the road, and Charlotte not being able to you know uh, step up to their opponent's level uh, when when better opponents come to come to their building. So uh, I'm gonna roll with Toronto as well here. Feel like you know the Raptors are are putting themselves in a good position for some playoff for playoff positioning, uh, maybe get themselves into the top four. Um, top four so they can actually host a playoff series. And that'd be really interesting if they get a chance to host a, a team like Brooklyn, who, you know, obviously can't play uh, Kyrie Irving uh, in, in Toronto and may not be able to play play with him in New York if the sanctions aren't lifted in, in the in the city uh, fast enough. So we'll see how that plays out. But uh, yeah, for this game, especially to be able to go Toronto and minus two and a half. How much do you think that actually matters? What do you mean? Kyrie being able to play in New York and like because i don't see these sanctions i don't see him lifting the mass mandate or the vaccine mandate until somewhere towards the end of march right yeah well he said it would be a few weeks exactly so if it's a few weeks a few weeks is a month yeah if he doesn't play until the last week of march that means he has i believe at that point they would have 12 games left because there's only 24 games left in the season for most teams so right. have 26, the least you could have is 23. So that would mean he would have 12 games left. And that's hoping Kevin Durant's healthy enough at that point from his mid from his uh injury. And then also Ben Simmons is healthy enough to come in and play. Otherwise, it's really just Kyrie playing by himself with a bunch of other guys, which is good enough for them to make the playoffs, which they will do. But this idea, I'll get we'll get into this later, but this idea that somehow the Nets are gonna make this we're all of a sudden going to gel in 20 games. Even if everyone was healthy, that would be difficult. But now, I just I don't know. I don't, I don't see them. I don't see them making a serious run. Like I just I just don't see it. They're better I mean, going forward, but this year I don't I don't I don't know. Yeah, I mean I agree. It's it's hard to see them making a serious run at any at any real contention unless obviously they get themselves into a situation where they just get a really good luck of the draw. I mean, I still think that, you know, this team, when healthy and clicking, should be able to defeat, you know, they can beat the Bulls in the series. They can beat, they can, you know, probably beat Cleveland in the series, even though Cleveland's side is going to bother anybody that they play against in, in, the, in, the, in the playoffs. And they can probably beat Boston in the series. So I can see this team getting to the second round. And then once they get there, you know, all bets are off. You know, you see, figure out, you know, it depends on who, who they get, you know, if it's Miami, um, if it's, you know, Milwaukee, if it's Toronto, you know, they, they stack up against anybody. That's, that's the, that's the interesting thing is they stack up against anybody when they're healthy, a healthy Kyrie, healthy Ben Simmons, healthy Kevin Durant stacks up well against anybody in the NBA. If they can play, if they're healthy, you can play all seven games. So and, and that's what they're banking on. So that as long as they don't play themselves out of completely out of contention, you know, by the time Kevin Durant comes back and forces Kevin forces him to have to, you know, play hero ball just to get themselves into the playoffs, which I think that will be the thing that hurts them. Um, if they continue to lose, they don't find a way to win a couple of these games and they put themselves in a situation where Durant comes back and they're like the ninth seed or they're the 10th seed. And, and every game, to your point, becomes a playoff game to get them into the playoffs, to get them even into the play-in tournament. Like, you, you, have, you run the risk of just expending way too much energy for your, for your star players, you know, getting them to the, to the promised land, uh, to the dance, and, and then running out of gas at some point, too. Um, so, yeah. They're in the play-in right now, and they're two games above 500. So they have to right. catch Boston, who they just lost to. Which right. They're the eighth seed right now, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. It's more likely, in my opinion, that the Knicks or the Wizards somehow catch the uh, Hawks to get into the 10th spot to get into the play-in. Mm-hmm. It is that Brooklyn moves up to, you know, three, four or five. Right. You're losing games. You're losing games to those to those teams that are that are statistically better than you. And when Kevin Durant and those guys come back, you may not be playing those teams, you know, um, to in order to catch up. You know, you may be 
depending on or hoping on losses from the other side so that you can you can move up in the standings and you may not be able to you may have built yourself dug yourself too big of a hole by then and next up yeah next up we have our miami heat at the new york Knicks. and i say r because i gotta cheer for somebody unfortunately i can't cheer for the knicks in this game um the knicks are getting four and a half at home which i don't think is nearly enough the heat have is it the best record in the east or the second best record in the East? second best and that's only because they haven't played yet this week the knicks only played them once and they lost which is kind of odd considering that they're both in the Eastern Conference and they, these teams are, should play each other four times this year. Um, Over-under on this game is 210. I'm taking the Heat. That's an easy one. I don't see the Knicks covering this game or winning this game. The fact that they're benching their best career point guard in terms of passing and getting other people involved in Kemba Walker doesn't really make much sense to me. I guess Tibbs is going to try to develop other players and he really doesn't see Kemba's... He sees Kemba's lack of ability to guard a bunch of different positions more as liability than his ability to create offense and run the offense through him as an asset so unless Derrick Rose is going to come back and play like 2012 Derrick Rose these Knicks ain't winning a lot of games so yeah I'm taking the heat that's an easy bet and this is going to be my first lock of the week for me interesting because uh interesting because I'm locking the heat as well um, that was my first lock that I had identified too. Um, so yeah, we're, we're definitely in, in, in sync there. The Knicks are one in six in their last seven. They've blown leads of 20 points or more, uh, three times in the month of February, which is an NBA that. record. You know, when the last time the Knicks won a home game, uh, January 31st. Yeah. I can't remember what that, when, they, when that game was. I just, I just looked at the, their game logs too. A full month ago, almost. Yeah. So it's, it's, you know, it's things are not going well in New York. And Miami is the most physical team in the NBA, um, the best defensive team in the NBA. The Knicks are, you know, towards the end of the, towards the, towards the end of the pack when it comes to defense. And although the Knicks are able to score the basketball, Miami, Miami can also score. Um, Miami can also make some plays and they have some star guys on their side of the ball. Uh, Kyle Lowry, um, obviously Jimmy Butler, uh, Bam Adebayo, uh, and then the, the sharpshooters, um, Duncan Robinson and uh, Tyler Hero coming off of their bench. Uh, this is a team that can hit you in, hit you in a bunch of different ways. Um, they, can out, they can shoot you, they can defend you, uh, and they can body you and be physical with you as well. So I don't see the Knicks being able to win this game. I think this is going to be another frustrating performance for Julius Randle. Uh, one of many this season, and probably, and even though he's been playing much, much better, he hasn't been getting the, he hasn't been getting nearly the support that uh, that he needs in order for the team to to be good. And you know, honestly speaking, you know, part of it is his fault because he's not a great facilitator, and the team hasn't been set up has set up correctly to facilitate the basketball and get people points. I'll tell you the one thing that I'm interested in is uh, the return of RJ Barrett, hopefully very soon, and you know, hopefully, you know, this benching of Kemba Walker means some more minutes for Cam Reddish, who actually has played pretty well uh, in, in, the, in the extended time that he's been getting. Uh, he's looked good out there. That's what doesn't make any sense. Cam Reddish is a small forward shooting guard. Cam Reddish isn't a point. No. You're benching Kemba Walker and Derrick Rose still not healthy to come back. Derrick Rose isn't, isn't expected to play. He's doubtful at the right angle. Right. So that means... Well, it's about, it's a, it's about rotation minutes. McBride or Alec Burks. Or yeah, I just realized that this guy's even on the roster. I guess he's on a two-way contract. Ryan Arcia Dacano. Yeah. Which I, I'm trying to understand. So unless Quigley is going to run the point or Burks is going to run the point, I don't see how not playing Kemba is helping. Like that. Well, it, it's just like a off the bench guy, but maybe he just doesn't want that role. He's like, I'm ready to move on. Well, yeah, I don't. I don't think it's. I don't think it's. 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 I don't think this move is made to help the Knicks to make a move for towards the playoffs. I think this move is being made to help the Knicks essentially facilitate a trade for Kemba Walker in the offseason if he can show that he's healthy and he's ready and he's ready to you know to 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 contribute to a contender. Maybe we can get a draft pick or something like that for him. That's what I would think. That's what I think is going on going on here with respect to Kemba Walker. They know that he's not going to be part of their future. And so they just give other guys an opportunity. I think this is about McBride and Cam Reddish and some of those other young guys um, so they can get their shine and not have to worry about, you know, being pulled out the game. But it's also good for Kemba because he wasn't playing a lot of minutes. He wasn't playing a lot of minutes. He wasn't playing a lot of meaningful minutes. And he wasn't really getting an opportunity to, 
yeah, he wasn't getting an opportunity to run an offense. The offense is still running through Julius Randle, which makes no sense whatsoever because he can't facilitate it. Um, but the rest, of, you know, the rest of this, the rest of the team is just, you know, kind of okay. You know, the rest of the team is, you know, not not playing at a not playing at a high level. And that's why I think that the Heat just are the are the dominant team. They're the more physical team. They're the better team at this point, and they're going to stay. They're going to remain that way. So I'm definitely taking the Heat, and I take the over as well. All right. Next up, we have. And that game is going to be on ESPN, folks. You get to watch the Knicks get beat up on national TV. Next up, we got the Sixers at the Timberwolves. Both teams are 31 teams, and both teams teams are in the playoffs right now as we speak. The Timberwolves actually have a better record than the Lakers, which is not something I thought I'd be saying at this point in the season. Um, the Sixers are favored at the Timberwolves by two and a half. The over-under is 227 and a half. I'm going to take the over for sure. Now that James Harden is playing for the Sixers, they're going to definitely get up a lot more shots. And I think he's going to play well with Joel Embiid. And I think he is trending towards playing tomorrow. Yeah. He's expected to play tomorrow at 8 p.m. Um, unfortunately, this is not a nationally televised game. But if you have if you have league pass, this is definitely a league pass game. You're going to be on. I'm taking the Sixers. I think they're going to win. I think they're going to cover. And we are going to see what the Sixers do a real team and a real point guard between him and Maxi, And I think it's going to make them a much, much better team overall offensively. So I'm leaning Sixers and I'm leaning towards the over. Go ahead, Malik. I'm locking this in as a Sixers. This is my second lock of the week. I'm locking this in Sixers um, minus two and a half. I think that line is that line is relatively low. Um, we're giving a lot of credit to the Minnesota Timberwolves and we should, I mean, they're over 500 for the first time in like forever. Um, and so we should give them credit where credit is due. And I think this is going to be a marquee big man matchup, Joel Embiid versus Carl Anthony Towns. I'm, I'm really interested in seeing this, and I do have league pass. I'm going to definitely check it out as much as I possibly can. Um, but, yeah, I'm definitely leaning Sixers here. James Harden gets, gets his return. He gets to go to the place that he, quote, unquote, always wanted to be at, um, even though he always wanted to be, he wanted to be in Brooklyn last year. Um, and so we'll see how long this this marriage lasts between you know Philly and 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 Embiid and and Harden and uh, how long how long this is able to sustain. We we know that you know James Harden is going to want his way out of the door whenever things don't get whenever things don't go right. So um, we'll see how long that lasts. But at the very least, you know when James Harden joins the team in the very very beginning, it usually goes pretty well. So I expect that that's I expect that's what's going to happen here. And you know Philly should win this game pretty pretty handily against a Minnesota team that's much better than you know much better than they have been in years past, but still not not completely ready to take on um, you know to take on a, a team like Philly, uh, which is going to be who is who is going to be one of the to me eventually will finish with a top three three record in the Eastern Conference. Yes, and their the guards that they were able to keep on the team, especially uh, Tybal. It's one of the better defensive players, which is something that they were actually trying to get up in that trade and giving up Seth Curry and giving up that extra shooting may hurt them in the long run, but it gives Tobias Harris to become the third option to kind of drop back. Whereas before he was kind of forced into being the second option without Ben Simmons playing. So we'll see how this works out, but I think the Sixers are forced to actually make it to the Eastern Conference Finals, if not further. And, oh, next up, not even last but not least, we have the Pelicans at the Suns. Suns are minus seven and a half at home. Chris Paul is not playing. The over-under is 224 and a half. And I am leaning towards the Pelicans to cover this one. This is going to be my second lock of the week. Um, the fact that they have C.J. McCollum, the fact that Brandon Ingram and their new starting center is Jonas Valanciunas. And Herb Jones has been coming off the bench and playing really well for them. He's a rookie, but he's been, you know, kind of getting starters minutes somewhere around like 28 minutes a game between McCollum, Devontae Graham and Ingram. I think this team is actually going to surprise a lot of people come the second half. And Larry Nance Jr. has been kind of, you know, he's been good for them, but not great. He's kind of bounced around a little bit, but I think this team is going to kind of surprise the Suns because they're not going to have Chris Paul to steady them. And with Cameron Payne as their starting point guard going forward, I think the Suns are going to be in a bit of trouble. They're going to slide a little bit in the second half. They have 49 wins already, so for them to be a 51 team on the season is, you know, I expect them to get about 56, maybe 58 wins, but this won't be one of them. So give me the Pelicans and lock that in. I'm, I'm actually going to go the other way here. Um, I think the Suns have shown, you know, pretty handily thus far that they are resilient. They're a resilient squad. They can 
Uh, they can weather the storm of, a, of an injury um, to Chris Paul because they have ball movement, shooting, and you know, and and quality players all all up and down that backcourt. Uh, Devin Booker is going to step up. He's going to make some good plays and make some big plays. You know, and the facilitation, you know, with Chris Paul being out, the facilitation is going to come from everybody. It's going to come from you know cats like Booker, or Miles Bridges, um, uh, DeAndre Ayton, campaign as you mentioned earlier. Like they're going to get they're going to get involved. They're going to get a lot of guys involved in in spreading the ball around and moving moving the ball around. And I trust in Monty Williams. I think Monty Williams is a fantastic coach, and I think he's going to you know be able to. You know, whether whether the storm and 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 get this team out of the situation that they're in, you know, hopefully Chris Paul can come back in four to six weeks when the playoffs start and and give 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 them a bit of a boost and uh bring bring that level of stability back. But I think right now against the Pelicans team that they're clearly better than, they should win this game. Uh this this line has moved pretty free pretty consistently, which is actually pretty interesting. Um started started out just over six and a half, six and a half, made it made its way all the way up to eight points. And then now is back is back and trended right back to seven and a half. So it's just an interesting, uh, interesting line movement on this one. Um, but you know the Phoenix Suns have always been you know heavily favored you know in this one, and so I'll, I'll go ahead and take the Suns to cover the spread. Uh, and I will lock this in as my third best bet of the game. Best bet because the they lost really think because they lost Chris Paul, and also this is the back to back for the Suns. So you were correct. There were a couple teams that are playing back to backs. It's the Suns, the Timberwolves. Yeah. Suns, the Timberwolves, and the Thunder are all playing back to backs. Mm-hmm. So, and shout out to the Celtics for putting the beat them down on the Nets. I should have bet on y'all, but I did not have time to get that in tonight. Otherwise, I would have. But I saw that one coming. Yeah, everybody did. Uh, yeah, that was the easy one for them. All right, next up, we have two teams that are basically separated by a game and a half. We have the Mavericks at the Jazz, 9 p.m. You can see this on Atrium. I don't even know what that is. I guess that's the Jazz Cable Network. I guess if you're in Utah, mm-hmm. Colorado, enjoy that one. You're in New Mexico. The Jazz are minus six and a half. Did you know they traded away Joe Ingles? I thought he was hurt. They traded away even though he's injured? Ingles is not on the team. He is gone. They brought in Daniel House. Joe Ingles is gone. They got Bojan Bogdanovich. Well, yeah, Bogdan, was, he was there last year. Was he? Mm-hmm. And who was the player that they traded away? Was it Daniel House? Well, Ingles is on injured reserve. So yeah, they traded away Daniel. They traded away Ingles. No, Ingles is gone. Ingles is on Houston. They, oh, traded, okay. they traded him for Daniel House unless Daniel House was cut because Joe Ingles was playing for them, uh, I want to say a couple of weeks ago. So they brought in, yeah, they brought in a better shooter and a younger guy in terms of someone who could be a little bit better of a defender. And Daniel House, they got House, they got Bogdanovich. And Donovan Mitchell and Conley is still hurt, so it looks like Jordan Clarkson is going to be playing a little bit of point for them because Conley is not expected to play. Um, I'm definitely going to have to lean towards the Jazz. I don't really think the Mavs added enough in terms of when they made that trade. They've been getting to this point by basically beating the teams that they're supposed to beat. Uh, they do add Spencer Dinwiddie to give a little bit more scoring punch to help Luka Doncic out. Uh, they didn't really add much in terms of more size. I mean, they have Marquise Chris, but they're not really playing him. They're still playing Dwight Powell, opting for defense or a better offense. And aside from that, I think Tim Hardaway and Reggie Bullock are also still kind of on the men, so we'll see what they'll be able to do. So this is still going to be the uh, Luka show. So being it's still the Luka show, I got to lean towards the Jazz on this one because they got the healthier team and just the better overall players. And Gobert didn't play too hard in the All-Star game like anybody really did. So I'm going to take the Jazz on this one, minus the six and a half, and I'm going to take the under. I'm going to agree with you and lean the Jazz here. I think actually the best bet the best bet play on on this is a Luka, maybe is a Luka Doncic uh, triple-double. Uh, I, I would go, I would if there's a, there's a prop that you can get on a Luka Doncic triple-double, I would take that. Um, I think these teams will. Utah's, Utah's, you know, surprisingly, even though Rudy Gobert is who he is, Utah is not the best defensive team right around now. They're not, they're not, they have not been playing the best defense. They just now, just recently in the last couple of games, got themselves out of a, you know, a few bad situations where they were losing games a lot, you know, a lot more frequently than uh, we had expected to see them. This was a team that was supposed to actually be, you know, really good uh, going into the season. And they, you know, Ran off. They ran off a string of wins right, leading right up until the um, 
the all-star break, but that was that was pre- preceded by, you know, a string of losses right before then. So they had run off uh, four, five straight wins uh, before they lost the Lakers going into the break. But before that, they had lost four straight. So this was a team that's been kind of up and down, hasn't, hasn't really found their footing yet, and is still trying to look for that. So I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm going to lean towards the Jazz to win the game because I think this word is low enough that, that it just it makes sense. But like I said, to me, the best bet here is a Luka Doncic triple-double. Uh, triple I would take that on the prop. Whatever that whatever that number is, I would take that. All right. There you go on the prop bets. Next up, we got the Clippers at the Lakers, the Battle of L.A. I think the Clippers are still building their new, brand-new $2 billion arena. So they yep. can go watch. Uh, I think they may actually become the better team in the city in not-so-distant future. It'd be kind of be like watching the the Chargers win the Super Bowl, which would be miraculous. Um, I still can't imagine either of those things happening, but the Clippers are still as relevant as they are, and they still have two more years or three more years, I believe, of Kawhi and three more years of Paul George. So they can ride out the end of their primes and still draft pretty well if they end up uh, you know, not performing too well in the playoffs here. And they still own the majority of their picks, I believe, because they they've given up, what, two draft picks in a row to get Kawhi and they gave up that two draft picks to get so they still have a bunch of second round picks they can take in mm-hmm. uh, it's LeBron and the Lakers and LeBron actually looked like he was trying hard in the in the all-star game a little bit there I the Lakers are favored by one and a half so I'm going to think LeBron's going to do everything he can to win as many of these easy games so to speak as they can this is the late game on ESPN I can't name one star on the uh, Clippers that you should be even having on your fantasy basketball team. Aside from maybe Reggie Jackson, he's not available. Luke Kennard didn't come through in the, in the uh, three-point. And aside from that, unless you believe Marcus Morris or Nicholas Batum's going to carry the team to a win, I got to lean towards the Lakers here. So give me the Lakers and take that minus one and a half, and I'm going to take the under because the over-under is 223 and a half, so this is going to be right about 217, 218, I say. It's gonna be my last yeah. of the week. Yeah, um, same here. Uh take the Lakers. I think the sports spread is good enough that it that it just it just makes sense here. Um the Lakers have just been an up and down team thus far thus far this season. And they are, you know, come they were coming off of they they won their last game against Utah, which was a big win. Uh they were three and a half point underdogs in that game. And they, you know, they got that win running right into the uh, to the All Star break, and so maybe that helped right the ship a little bit for them. And, and the fact of the matter is, defensive teams in the in the league too. Yeah, um, and and the reality of the situation is, that, you know, they life without AD has just begun uh, for the for for however long it needs to, it needs to last. And LeBron James is still playing the best ball of his life. If LeBron James is still playing the way he's playing. Um, I don't see a reason why, you know, the, the Clippers without Kawhi or Paul George is going to, is going to be able to stay with them uh, and, and hold, hold them, hold them, you know, uh, beyond a two point victory. So since the, since this fight is so small, if you think the Lakers are going to win, um, it's effectively a home game in the crypto.com arena. Um, I would take the Lakers and, and, and not think too much about it. So I would take the Lakers and, and best bet this one up too. Mellow's expected to play. AD is clearly out and White Howard is going to be starting at center for them with a little bit of DeAndre Jordan coming off the bench. Yeah. So, so take that for what you will. And Malik Monk, actually, I will give him a lot of credit. Malik Monk has actually been playing some of the best basketball of his career, and he's kind of fit in and improved his game here. But uh, it worked out for him moving on from the Charlotte Hornets because it did not work out for him there playing two guard or point guard or wherever they thought he was going to fit in. And I believe yeah. in the second half, Russell Westbrook. So if there is a prop bet for him to have a double-double or even maybe a triple-double in this game, I would take that, especially if it's plus 300 or more. That's good value right there, I think, in a game like this. The team that yeah, I mean, does not like to go against. The problem the problem I have with that is just, just, just the fact that you expect that the Lakers are going to put the ball back in LeBron James's hands. And if they do that, then Russell Westbrook will not want to have the opportunity to get the assist numbers that he needs to get to a triple-double. So I wouldn't take that, but um, I can definitely see where your logic is coming from around him having a, a resurgent second half, especially now that he knows that AD is not coming back and he's, he's going to have to pick up some level of the scoring load in order to accommodate it. So we'll see. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I still I still lean towards him not uh, getting ready to have the assist numbers that he needs to to, to get triple doubles this time around. Maybe steals, maybe maybe points, rebounds, and steals is what is what he should be shooting for now, especially LeBron getting LeBron running the ball. 
Well, the last time they played the Clippers, uh, well, they were at the Clippers in February. They lost by one point. Russ played 35 minutes. And since that game, that was basically when they started not playing him the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. But that was one of the better statistical games he had, even though basically they, people have kind of finally realized that Russell Westbrook is not efficient. But that's the weird part. He's never been efficient. So that's why mm-hmm. I don't understand why everybody was surprised by this. Because you could just see a lot of his game was, I'm a better athlete than you. I'm going to get up and get up and down the court faster than you. I'm going to out-hustle you. And I'm getting to the basket quicker than you. And I'm going to dunk it on you if I get a chance. And with right. AD out and him just playing that dunker role and LeBron just hitting him with passes, they have to watch him across the entire floor. They got to watch Dwight Howard across the entire floor. Because now Malik Monk is sitting out there taking shots. And so is Melo. And if Melo can just sit there and jog him down the court and spot up and you trade him out with Trevor Ariza, who are just spot up three shooters. Yeah, I, I can see that working against the bad teams in the league, which the Clippers are. So I think this is kind of an easy one. And that is it for all the pro games. I do not have any college games on Friday, although the majority of the college games on Friday although the majority of the college games are being played on Saturday. It seems like there's like 35 games each day. It's kind of nuts. <laughs> it, it really is because it's leading into March Madness and everybody's just trying to make sure they get as many games in as possible. I would like to uh, point out on, I guess on Friday, Iowa, number 25 in the country, 19 and eight, is playing Nebraska, who's seven and 20. Somehow this is a televised game because it's the big 10. So it has to be televised. I was, giving 11 and a half, even though they're on the road to Nebraska, I would take Iowa. I think they're going to beat Nebraska by 20 to 25. They just are a terrible basketball school. It's just kind of how it is. They focus on one thing and Iowa is actually pretty good at basketball and pretty good at football. So you could take that for what it's worth. It's kind of an obvious pick, but Nebraska is terrible. And I don't think they have one win in the big 10 this season. So there's that. Malik, you got any shout outs? Um, not really. I mean, just the only shout out I have, I have is, um, clearly we, we talked a lot about the, uh, the NBA all-star, all-star weekend, all-star break. Um, and we did not, you know, how much we did not like the, uh, the all-star, uh, the slam dunk contest. I like, this but, um, this is what I want to say. Well, you go ahead, what you say, and I'll say, my but favorite. no, I, I, I'm going to say shout out to the NBA for, you know, for stepping, stepping up their, um, their practice uh, on the skills competition. I thought the skills competition was really interesting this year. I, I actually really did enjoy the the different. Actually, it was a skills competition. It was you know shooting, uh, passing, and um, I can't remember the other one, playmaking or something like that was the was the third one that they had to that they had to display. And then they had the fact that they had three different types of teams: the rookie team, the the Bucks team, and the Cavs team was really interesting as well. Um, I thought it was a really good uh, opportunity to show skills, uh, NBA skills uh, on display. And that was really cool. Um, and then the other thing, shout out to Steph Curry. I mean, 50 points in a, in a, in a game and, and just, you know, I know they weren't playing any defense on him in that game, but the reality of the situation is I don't think they could have even if they wanted to, he was that hot and he was shooting from places. He was shooting from ungodly and ungodly places on the floor where you're just not even supposed to play defense at that point. You're just supposed to let him have it. You know, you're supposed to let him take a shot from 38 feet away. You're not supposed to have to, you're not supposed to defend that. But the fact that there was no defense being played when it was him shooting the basketball, it didn't really matter because defense is not supposed to be played that far out of the basket anyway. And even if you jumped at him, it wouldn't even matter. He, was still, he probably would have still hit it. So shout out to Steph Curry for having a big night and, uh, you know, overcoming all the boos that he received. Um, when he was in Cleveland. But like he said, you know, when they boo you, that means they respect you because they remember what you did to them. So it's cool. Uh, shout, out, shout out to him. Shout out to him and uh, shout out to the NBA for uh, taking a chance. And I will start my shout outs by saying shout out to the University of Buffalo basketball team who have not lost a game in the month of February. So happy Black History Month to me and to them and to the school because they have not lost one game in February, which is a huge deal because they're getting hot at the right time. They're now 17-8 and eight on the season. Jonathan Williams dropping another almost 30-point game tonight, I believe. Getting hot at the right time. And the NBA, this is two things about the NBA All-Star game. I love the way they do the ending now. It actually makes it a lot more interesting to watch because you know each team is actually trying to win just a quarter at a time. So that's mm-hmm. interesting. And then on top of that, they kind of erase the scores. So they're playing each quarter 
like it's one individual game, which kind of makes it more of a pickup game feel and more fun and more entertaining. Yeah, agree. They would just be like, it's 230 to 220. So if you just built up enough of a lead, people are like, whatever, I'm just jacking up threes now. But yeah. Curry, Curry was intentionally trying to break the uh, all-star game scoring record. And they were like, well, if you're going to give me threes, I'm going to take these threes. Mm-hmm. Which was fun to see. And having him, Giannis, and LeBron on the same team is just insane. It's like, you don't really have a chance to win unless KD's on the other side. And since he's not, it wasn't going to happen. Mm-hmm. I can't wait though to see KD and um, and see to see KD and uh, James Harden play play against each other in the All Star game again. That will be enjoyable to watch, or <laughs> play with each other on USA Basketball again. That will also be interesting to watch. Yeah, definitely. Uh, with that being said, to fix the NBA Slam Dunk contest, they don't need to move it. They still need to finish a night with it. When I think it was at its best and I was looking at all the uh, they have this highlight reel on YouTube, which everybody should check out. They have all the top, they have all the 50, 50 point dunks ever in a row. And they kind of change up the years and they give you every single one. And you're like, you know, guys should just kind of copy these and go back and forth and see, you know, what's worked and what hasn't worked. But more importantly, when they first started this in 1984, they had eight people participate in the slam dunk contest. Eight people. So clearly, mm-hmm. this, they weren't caring about airtime. There was no skills competition. And also, they need to pay whoever wins the slam dunk contest. They need to throw in a $250,000 bonus. Because what I realized, much like Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball pays the home run derby winner, which is why home run hitters enter the home run derby championship, which is mm-hmm. why Ken Griffey Jr. shows up, which is why A-Rod shows up, which is why Big Poppy shows up, which is why all the stars show up. So if you're going to pay a bonus to whoever wins a slam dunk contest, maybe John Rand's like, you know what? I could use another quarter of a million dollars. I'm going to come do this and open it you up know, to as many as six players or eight players if the guys are actually any good and it'll add more buzz and excitement around the slam dunk. That will help. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think you're right. The other thing, the other thing that that you that you 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 brought up about um, when you brought up baseball, the other thing that you did mention is, you know, there's also they used they also had the thing with the home run derby where you played for a fan, right? If a fan endorsed yes. you, and you had like a you know what was it? Money. Yeah, like a Capital One or something like that. It was or or like somebody paid their mortgage. I think it was one where like they paid the mortgage of whoever like the fan was or so. It was like it was Century Twenty One. I think that's what it was. They yeah, were like Century Twenty One. We're talking about yeah. Dan yeah. Gilbert owns uh, Rocket Mortgage or whatever that company is, right? Like the uh, the GoFundMe Mortgage Arena. That's yeah, his thing. All right. Yeah. So so if you go out there and sponsor a yeah. player, you get lucky. You get your mortgage yeah. paid for the year. Yeah. And I think that that puts the that puts the onus on the player to really put forth the best possible effort that they can because you don't want to put you don't want to let that fan down, especially some if it's somebody that you know you know has deals with because they were donating random charities like the Cleveland Food Bank and stuff like this and like whoever won and whoever got the All Star MVP more more money went to your charity and I think they only raised I know it sounds like nitpicking they only raised like three hundred fifty thousand and there's like these guys are making like twenty thirty million a year. You yeah, but the difference was kick in a bit more money. Like it can't be a quarter of a million a quarter. The difference was the difference was in in Major League Baseball, those fans were on the field. The fans would be like sitting there wearing the jersey of the player. Oh, where? And I like I said, I would feel like shit if I was Obi Toppin and I missed a dunk and I looked over at I looked over at a little kid who, who you know, who's like college, who's like college college uh, degree. I'm helping to I'm helping to sponsor. And I missed that dunk, and so I'm going to lose, and he's not going to get a goddamn thing. Like that's. That's, that's really. Pressure. I don't know. If that's we want really, that. I think we want that. I think we want that in a three-point contest. I think we want all the smoke. I want. We, I want to give these guys all the pressure in the world to compete and to play well. And then maybe because did you know what? Then maybe they maybe like you said maybe they just do the fifty-point dunks that they know that they can hit, and they stop trying a bunch of these dunks that they that they that they did one time in their garage somewhere, and it worked. And then they then they decided, you know, I'm going to go do that on the national stage, and it doesn't work. Well, Jalen Green tried a couple of dunks that you know had he had he had he made them they would have been great, but you could tell like he didn't really practice them. You could tell like they were not practiced beforehand, yeah. you know, dunks, and he was just trying to bunch of stuff. He's more of a I'm a, I'm gonna catch this dunk and like try to throw it in in the game. Also, the 
the uh, celebrity game. That was actually kind of fun to watch. That dude that was playing in the do rag, I don't know who he is, but my man actually came to play. He was out there dropping points. His team, he he should have got the uh, all star. He should have got the uh, celebrity the celebrity trophy MVP. It's actually a nicer trophy than the um, the slam dunk trophy, which is like a glass statue with like something in it. It looked like a they were all ball. yeah. It was a crystal ball. It was kind of dope. The uh, yeah. celebrity all star game trophy. It was actually kind of fun to watch. And they need to work in like some MTV rock and jock thing. More uh, 50 point shots or 10 point shots or something like that from like half court. Just have people heaving the ball up. Bring some more old NBA players. Let Chuck get out there and roll around if he wants to. Because <laughs> I was trying to figure out like how are they going to have um, I think they had some guy who played for the Cavs and also for Cleveland when they're getting traded in 2016. Um, the guy from Brazil. Why can't I remember his name right now? He retired like two years ago, and he's like 6'11". He's out there playing in the celebrity game. I'm like, yo, this is not fair at all. This is crazy. If you're going to give them an ex-NBA player, you got to put like, uh, I don't know, Channing Fry on their team if you're going to have two old Cleveland players or something. We got we to gotta, we gotta even this out. We got to even this out. But this is our first NBA week in the books, folks. Happy Black History Month. We will see y'all next week. I'll be releasing more shows on Fridays. Follow us on TuneIn Radio, Spotify, Podcast Addict, Podbean, which we are hosted at, and Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find all the podcasts, you will find us. Uptown Parlay Podcast, we out. Keep on hooping, fellas. Keep on hooping.